0: This week, I'm happy to have blogger and activist, Ina Mangos. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I checked out your Twitter feed yesterday, and it seems like you're having some problems with YouTube, where they weren't allowing you to post a video.
1: Yeah, again now, I mean, my social media has been a target for so long. They've taken Facebook twice, and... Essentially, I've just given up on Facebook. That's what's happened. Now, YouTube, I started a podcast, ironically called Polite Conversations. Uh, and it's meant to really just be a like a space where people can discuss things that they may disagree on. But, you know, s- show that we can build bridges civilly discussing uh, ideas that we may or may not agree on. And this content was deemed offensive by YouTube, apparently it was flagged for repeated or severe violations of the community guidelines. And the first time, overnight, I mean, I finally managed to upload the video, and then I left it. I didn't share the link. I said, I'll wake up, and I'll share it. And when I wake up, the account has been disabled, the video has been removed, and apparently I've severely violated a lot of community guidelines and i don't think that the if you listen to the podcast it's nothing controversial at all there's so much stuff on youtube that's actually like promoting homophobia wife beating uh, religious clerics saying all kinds of things, uh, actual Nazis, anti-muslim bigots saying all kinds of things that so these people are not flagged or removed. but mine and then the second time I tried again, recreated a new YouTube account with an entirely new email address so that it wasn't linked to the one that was, you know uh, that gave me like strikes or whatever so I couldn't even create another. YouTube account uh, from that email. So I created a new account, email account, then created a new YouTube channel. And again, within 12 hours, I wake up and the video has been removed.
0: So you're saying that before you even sent it to anybody, like shared it on Twitter or or That or was Google? the first
1: time. But oh. the second time I had uploaded it and shared it already. Um, and many people, you know, uh, t- tweeted about it, shared it, whatever. So it perhaps reached a larger audience than zero, which I, I don't know how last time they managed to <laughs> shut it down before they, I shared you're it.
0: Obviously, you're obviously on their radar if that's Clearly, the case.
1: someone's watching what I'm doing. Um, and it's got to be a few people because I don't think YouTube would make it that easy to remove a video that doesn't really violate anything. But... It seems to be, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that a group, perhaps a large group of people are just flagging my content and that's what's getting it removed so quickly.
0: I mean, what is the egregious, I, I mean, is this like Franz Kafka's of the trial? Like, do they not tell you what the problem is or?
1: D- they don't. They just say you've been. Uh, reported as uh, violating community standards, so your video has been removed, and then they say you have one shot at an appeal, so yeah, and it has like a character limit, which is not longer than a tweet. so you can't really go into any detailed explanation. So, and so, so
0: much for nuance, right?
1: Yeah, so then you appeal and you send it off and either they'll respond or they don't they've never responded to my appeals. That's it, one shot.
0: Yeah, and, so that is very Kafka-esque. I mean... Um, and, you
1: know, ironically, people, other people have, have offered to kindly mirror the content and put it up on their YouTube channels. And it stayed up for weeks. Several people have the same content up and without issue. But they're not ex-Muslim. They're not Muslim at all, so...
0: What's the topic? Like, do you have any suspicions as to why they might No, have...
1: I mean, well, okay. So I'm interviewing Mariam Namazi. Right. Who's... Also controversial, quite so, and she's been, you know, people have attempted to bar her from speaking at universities and have her work shut down, have her videos taken down, but un- unsuccessfully, uh, for the most part. And recently she did a talk at uh, Goldsmiths University in London, where her talk uh, was uh, spoiled. Uh, she was heckled and harassed even by the Islamic society of that university they sat in the front row they banged the tables they were they had their phones on full they kept whatsapping each other to disrupt her and one time they the guy even pulled the plug on her projector they switched off the lights like it was total
0: harassment these these six year olds or something why can't they (laughs) no because it sounds like that i mean yeah and, and so is this i mean it's a shame because, you know, as a liberal, as someone who considers himself a liberal, uh, when I hear the word, you know, safe spaces or, or what have you on, on universities, it sounds like a good idea. And, you know, um, when you have—but I guess the problem is that when you have people who are actively attempting to silence other people— You've got a real problem, especially in a university where people are supposed to be able to hear multiple viewpoints and make up their minds. Yeah,
1: I don't think universities are a good uh, place for these safe spaces. Obviously, everyone should be safe and no one should feel violated. That's just a given. But these safe spaces demand safety from ideas, and that's ridiculous you go to university to learn to grow to hear opposing views you should be able to handle views that you don't agree with you know in a mature manner how else are you going to learn if you keep being shielded from ideas that you just can't handle like you know i'd be willing to talk to a white supremacist no problem of course i don't agree with them i'm a person of color myself But I do find it fascinating. I want to hear their views. I want to hear how they can possibly come to that conclusion. I don't run away screaming safe space, safe space. And this Islamic society, they sent a a letter to the university to try and stop Mariam from being able to speak at their university. And in that letter, they um, use the term safe space. And that reminds me all the time how Muslims who basically are... um, the majority within our community—they are the the ruling class over ex-Muslims and dissenters—and they demanded uh, that uh, you know it wasn't a safe space if Mariam was allowed to speak. And it's so funny because if anyone needs a safe space, it's an apostate—you know, someone who is threatened—and uh, you know, some people's interpretation of the ideology demands that they be killed or at least punished. And these people (coughs) demand that she be censored. They harassed her. They heckled her. If anyone needed a safe space, it was her.
0: It you know exactly. And if you have like take for instance the Bangladeshi bloggers, or or you'll have uh, even um, I mean safe spaces. um, I mean for me, it's almost you're really clouding the term because uh, you're you're kind of ruining the term because a safe you, you for instance an open atheist would need a safe space if they were in Saudi Arabia or right, Pakistan that's like or Bangladesh a physical
1: safe space. Like, yeah, we need to be safe. Right. Physically. They would
0: literally need security. Right. Yeah. And, and all- so,
1: so this is one of my theories that maybe it's the society, the Islamic society or whatever that, prevented her from or tried to prevent her from speaking maybe they were the ones that didn't want this interview up because we talked about that but then again i mean the actual video of her speaking at their university has not been removed despite them attempting to have it removed and plenty of other mariam namazi content is available on youtube so why would it be because of that it doesn't i don't know it does not none of the the theories i have make sense on why they're targeting me
0: we need to like we need to hear what these people have to say, and then we need to react to it with words. That's the way I I see it. And and exactly what you were saying with the white supremacist, you need to ask you need to ask questions calmly, like what, why do you think this? And then you, what you do is you just peel it down to wh- whatever kind of irrational core is at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly.
1: Why should ideas threaten you? Even if they offend you, they shouldn't threaten you that you want them to be silenced. How else would we know that certain bad ideas exist? I mean, obviously, there's plenty of things that offend me, especially as a feminist. There's so many anti-feminists out there. They offend me, but I want to hear from them because I want to be able to identify who they are.
0: Yeah, and this brings me to another little topic that I've noticed, at least within the... uh the atheist community, if there is such a thing as an atheist community, and that is the reaction from a lot of the community to people who say they're, who simply say they're feminists.
1: Yep. I get it all the time. It's upsetting.
0: I, I consider myself a feminist and, and uh, I've had very apparently liberal people come back to me and say, I'm, I'm not a feminist. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, gender equalityist or yeah. I'm an equalityist or something. And and to me that just sounds a, it sounds a little bit like someone who says, "Look, I'm not into Black Lives Matter. I'm into, I'm into all, all lives, lives matter.
1: matter." Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's uh, when I hear that word egalitarian, I'm not a feminist. I, it just pisses me off because I'm sorry, there are some people that are struggling more than others and they they need that attention. They need that solidarity and they they need the something to focus on them. It's not about men's rights and women's rights uh, equally. I don't worry equally about those two things because men have a lot of rights that women don't have. It's not that I don't care about men having basic human rights, which a lot of people try to play that card. Like, oh, well, you know, you don't care about men's rights. No, that's not it. They just seem to have more rights.
0: Well, I, I would use the word... Personally, I'd use the word privilege, um, and it's something I've noticed as a as a white male, um, as a six foot high white male growing up, is that um, there there is there is still something there, really. Um,
1: well, and that's the other thing within the atheist uh, scene that a lot of people say that if we're uh, not experiencing Sharia like punishments, women are not being stoned to death, and these. Uh, issues are not worth fighting for we like we largely don't need feminism in the west and again that upsets me greatly because we don't need to be literally stoned to death to have uh, a need for feminism there's so many things that need improving upon
0: and that i think that's part of it too improvement it's not like we're going to ever i don't see this as ever happening anytime soon I mean, I think that a lot of the social constructs that we have would have to break down or be reorganized before we have anything we reach any kind of state where we could say, okay, we're all done with that. We, we got equality, We're good to go, right? I mean, I think that it's always going to be something that we need to work work at. and well, and that's at. the
1: human that's human nature, right? Like we'll never, uh, just be satisfied with everything being perfect because there's always going to be need to improve something.
0: It's funny because you you're not going to get a lot of argument I think from people about that. But when you turn the when you turn on the introspection, you know that's where the problem is, where you start getting like. Right. Looking we at are yourself. a lot better.
1: Without a doubt, we do a lot better in terms of women's rights here in the West. But that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, there isn't problem with health care and, um, you know, uh, abortion services and just the way women are treated uh, in the workplace, wage gaps, child care, these things. They all matter. These are important pro- Just Even just walking down the street, I mean, women are still treated like sex objects, and some people don't seem to think that that's the problem. Unfortunately, it's those that have gone overboard with this whole social justice warrior movement that have ruined feminism for a lot of people, where everything is misogynist, like wearing a shirt with pin-up girls, you know, Which that is- was like...
0: Which is interesting because uh, I'm actually trying to get someone on the show in the future who is a feminist pornographer, for instance.
1: I think that that can happen.
0: People would say, what? How is that possible? How is it possible to have that? But
1: Why? Why is porn assumed to be misogynistic? I mean, if you're a sex-positive person, you can be empowered by sex work. You can be empowered by sexuality.
0: For for me, and, and I'm still learning about this, but... If I were to sort of put my finger on it, I mean, pornography or erotica that um, doesn't, I guess, really dump on women. I mean, even that. No, actually, let me take that back. It's it, you got to se- also separate the, the 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 actual content, the material, from the production as well. So, I mean, it's interesting because. Nobody would have a problem with someone who's playing a part in a movie who, you know, might, there might be something that goes on in the movie that they might have problems with, necessarily. Oh, they
1: do, though, like Game of Thrones.
0: Oh, yeah? Okay, maybe not. Hmm. (laughs) People
1: were outraged at Game of Thrones being misogynistic, but it's like, it's not real.
0: The rape is real. Yeah, there was the whole, that's right, there was the whole rape thing. I find it kind of complicated, but I mean, and I, I go back and forth. So uh, on the one hand, you know, you, you hear, you hear a narrative coming right out of the, even the feminist camp, at least I'm very much on the outside, but you'll hear some people saying no porn, not at all. Yeah. Terrible, I mean, this right? is the
1: sex negative radical feminist perspective that I'm not on board with. I think these are the people are the part of the problem. They're, Uh, part of who has ruined feminism and uh, kind of taken it in a direction that overlaps with religious um, puritanism. They, They don't want sexuality. They think a lot... Some radical feminists think that heterosexual sex is always rape. They have some ridiculous views like that. And a lot of them think nudity, you know, is exploiting a woman in every case these are not i mean this is what the mullahs in saudi arabia think i'm not gonna buy that as uh, it's not my brand of feminism i remember being part of a facebook group back in the good old days when i had facebook it was like a bunch of radical feminists discussing feminism and quickly i felt very alienated in the group because their views were absurd to me there was a story about a woman who Had abandoned her child. And they were all um, blaming the patriarchy for this. Like this woman was the victim in it. Like, how she she was expected to do the role of a mother, and she was never really given a choice, so she had had enough, and she walked away from her child. You would never hold a man accountable in that way if a man left his child. Men. And I'm like, yes, I would. I think anyone abandoning a child is horrific, and I don't think she's a victim at all. She's an awful person for, for just walking away from her child. And then I was called a misogynist, and
0: Yeah. Yeah, so you, you've had your, 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 your Facebook taken away and, and you I've actually heard uh, in the interview, in the CBC interview, where you were, ta- you were talking that you've been called a white supremacist, which is interesting. I don't know what kind of crazy complex you must have for that. I mean, you're going to have to get some serious help if that's for real, right? People got to believe that you have some serious internalized uh, self-loathing if that's the case.
1: That's what they think I is the matter with me, uh, many of them, that, that that's why I betray my people and criticize my uh, religion of birth, but it's ridiculous. I was never given a choice in what religion I was going to practice or my family was going to practice. It has almost never made sense to me. It's got nothing to do with race. I just think that the misogyny, homophobia, irrational, um, harsh, that God says just don't make sense. That has nothing to do with white supremacy. People think that humanism, feminism, these things are like white concepts. And I think that's really more offensive than anything else. Uh, because these are human concepts. Fighting for equality is something that humans should strive for. It's not something that you know only white people want. These are not things I've learned from white people and wanting to be like white people. It's just something I innately want, is equality and freedom. And in Urdu poetry, there's a long-standing tradition of, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek atheism and questioning God. And these are the voices that are oppressed as we're taken over by a more and more hardline version of Islam.
0: You don't have a problem with Muslims.
1: Not at all.
0: And, and I mean, you don't have a problem with Muslims. You don't have a problem with them thinking. I mean, I they, am
1: from Muslims. How can I have a problem yeah, against my own family? It's, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, and, and I mean, you don't, you're not trying to, I mean, ban them from, uh, I don't know, doing what they want to do in a, in a free and liberal society, etc. I mean...
1: No, I'm not trying to ban them, but when something is stepping on the human rights of others, it is everyone's duty to call it out.
0: Exactly. And and that's where I think that there's a there's a like a it's almost a blind blindsided rather. Liberalism, it liberals who are supposed to be interested, I think, in um human rights and uh, equal, you know, equality for all.
1: They very much are when it's Christianity.
0: Yeah, they that's well within their comfort zone, right? Yeah. Uh and that that is what I guess uh western uh white predominantly um liberals that that those are the that those were the, the some of the units of oppression against them that that they they fought against, but when it comes to um People in other cultures, when it comes to people in other countries, when it comes to predominantly, you know, brown people in, in places like Pakistan or, or Saudi Arabia, it seems like uh, um, these same liberals, they say, they say, well, it's their culture or mm-hmm. or i guess at some core level maybe they they think that their brains aren't wired properly that the noble the noble savages in the other country uh have their own religions which keep them on the the straight and narrow while you know people in the the west have they they can be i guess they're capable of supporting Yeah, but that's so this.
1: patronizing, isn't it? I mean that's that's racism right there.
0: I mean and this is i mean i'm i'm deliberately I guess trying to paint it uh, okay. that way, but at core, I, I get the feeling that that's it. That that you know that um, a a an oppressive religion is not good enough. I mean, it's not satisfactory. It's not. It cannot be supported in in a secular West, right? To these people, to these liberals, but, but when Muslims seri-
1: want to dissent,
0: exactly, they it's, cannot
1: be supported because they must live within the confines of their religion because that's just their way. The simpler people, the, the cute, adorable foreigners with their crazy misogyny, let them. No, it's sweet.
0: It's it's very it's very poetic. They have lovely clothes. Their food is very tasty, right? Yes,
1: our food is fucking tasty, but that has nothing to do with. Burcas, I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> I guess the best way of getting around that is to continue talking about it if you can. I mean, if the message can is not completely suppressed by it's one side or the other. It's hard to continue talking
1: about it when we don't get... It's in mainstream media. It's hard to continue talking about it when our social media, which is one of the few places we found to safely connect with other people who support us if that's taken away from us as well, it's very hard to keep talking about it. What we need is more solidarity, more noise to be created, that we deserve a voice as well. Mm
2: -hmm. That's why
1: the CBC interview was so important, I think, and they were fantastic for airing it because CBC from other shows has bumped me before from interviews before uh, because I assume once they to me and heard a bit more about my views um it was not something they felt they could air because it would be offensive to muslims perhaps and in an environment where there is so much anti-muslim bigotry they feel that it they cannot uh, air something that opposes anything that muslims do which is uh, you know very short-sighted And ridiculous because there's so many different kinds of Muslims, so many dissenting Muslims and ex-Muslims that need to be heard as well. You can't just paint a picture of Muslims as a homogenous group. Then you're feeding into the anti-Muslim bigotry. You're painting them as all orthodox and that's how the bigots will see them. And then it creates this gap, uh, widens the us versus them gap.
0: You have the moderate Muslims, right? Who there really are some the liberals, who are kind of sandwiched in between, because you have this narrative where uh, people are saying, I mean, if you're if you're pigeonholing all Muslims in as being the very vocal, the very um, fundamentalist ones, then it kind of takes voice away from. The, um, the more liberal Muslims, like I have, I have friends who are Muslim, they mm-hmm. don't wear headscarves, they're women, they mm-hmm. don't wear headscarves, like mm-hmm. they don't, they, 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 you know, they go about their lives, it's all good, you know, um, and the thing is that uh, it's like they don't exist anymore, sort of. they're
1: Exactly, because there's, that's what I was saying on CBC as well, they side with our right wing, our religious right while opposing the Christian religious right. And they squash the minorities within this minority under the pretense that they're actually supporting the minority when they're not. They're just supporting our uh, religious right.
0: I mean, do you have any, uh, any projects or any further work that you'd be doing in the future to continue getting the voice out there?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's my, my podcast. I'm hoping we'll finally find a...
0: <laughs> What's the name or, of that again? Polite it's Discussions. It's
1: called polite, polite Conversations. Polite
0: Conversations. Sorry. Okay. So you have Polite Conversations. And that's... Is that going to be available? Is that already available on... Um, it's available
1: on SoundCloud currently. And now we're trying to figure out where... I mean, this is our third attempt, really, of finding a space for it so now we're gonna have to try some other avenue that's not youtube um we'll be starting it up again and we've recorded our second episode my co-host paul made a joke about how he wanted to see if we could get every single episode banned and uh so far Two attempts have resulted in two bans.
0: So, <laughs> and I really need to. I really need to listen to this episode. I, I fear that um, if I do hear the episode, though, I'm going to be. Um,
1: You'll be disappointed. Disappointed in the sense. Yes. Exactly
0: how how non controversial it really is, based on previous discussions I've I've it's had probably with you.
1: Like just uh, similar to the discussion we've had here today. It's not anything you know, more controversial than that.
0: And and so Paul is your co-host is Paul? Yeah, Paul. Is he uh is he, he's also ex-Muslim?
1: No, no, he's American ex-military, ex-Christian.
0: Oh, wow, okay.
1: Yeah, we thought it'd be an interesting dynamic to have the two of us uh co-host together.
0: This is really great. Okay. But well, I'll definitely give it a listen. You're on Twitter still, right?
1: Yeah. So far, I can only imagine how many times people have reported my tweets and failed. I assume that they must have reported them. There's no way. Just haven't succeeded.
0: Again, I've read these tweets, and either I'm some sort of radical myself, or I, I don't really understand why these tweets are are reported. Um, I think we're kind of getting to the end of the show here. What's the Twitter account?
1: It's at nice mangoes. No E in mangoes.
0: No E in mangoes. That's right. And your blog is uh, Blogspot, right? Where is that? Yeah,
1: it's NiceMangos.Blogspot.com.
0: And also, of course, we have polite conversations.
1: Yep, which is floating around. I mean, if you look it up on YouTube, other people have it up as well so it, it is there but it's just not on my channel
0: so definitely so uh, people should check those out um, Ina thanks so much for being on the show I'd, I'd love to have you on again to talk more about these things
1: sure yeah thanks for having me
2: thus concludes this episode of my secret atheist podcast Music is as colorful as ever by Broke for free, and Behind the Seas by Possumist, Both are available for download at freemusicarchive.org. Thanks for listening and tally ho.